Welcome to day nine of the French Open on No Challenges Reigning. I am Ben Rothenberg, joined by the NCR Middle East correspondent, Reem Abu Layl. Reem, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I missed you. You haven't been gone from the show for that long, but we've done so many shows lately that it feels like much longer. And so I, <laughs> we, I think the last time you were on, I want to say, was the day Djokovic got defaulted in New York. So Oh, yeah, which actually was not a long time ago, but feels like a long time ago. It's just all weird. Well, funnily enough, we just had the last match of the day at Roland Garros today was Pablo Carreño Busta winning mm -hmm. over Daniel Altmaier to set up a rematch of that match with Novak Djokovic, which did not make it out of the first set last time. I think everyone's hoping to make it to at least the second set this time and mm -hmm. we'll see where it goes from there. <laughs> I was just saying before, I think, I don't know if you want to disagree with this. I think it was a pretty uneventful day at Roland Garros results wise. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had just, I can run through all the singles results quickly. Siegmund beating Bedosa. Kvitova beating Zhang, Kennan beating Pharaoh in three, Colin Jabur got uh, postponed due to rain on the outer court, which is frustrating. Uh, and then the men's results also pretty went by the numbers. Basically, Tsitsipas beat Dimitrov in straights, Rublev beat Fuchovic in four after being down in the second and third sets. He turned that around. Pablo Karina Busta, as I mentioned, beat Daniel Altmaier, and Djokovic beat Hachinov. So... Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have a lot of thoughts on these matches. Maybe we can look ahead or we haven't heard from you all tournament. And also you're working very close to the tournament. Can you tell us your, your title at the French open <laughs> as well? Cause you've been doing a great job. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. So I'm the editor of the website. Uh, so all the content on the website and the app, the kind of, I come up with the content plans and I give assignments to the writers and, and whatever videos are made available to us, I put them on. So I'm kind of, across the whole thing so yeah that's been my role and I started like eight days before the tournament or something so I feel like I've already been doing this for a very long time yeah and you're right it, it did feel kind of uh like an uneventful day I feel like the best match was probably Rublev Fuchovic yeah uh, that was tight and and he really had to dig deep and I'm very impressed because he was down in almost every single set and every time he came back, uh, ap like after losing the first one and the tie break, he came back. So I uh, I was impressed by Rublev. I'm very happy for him. He's now on a nine-match winning streak. There's a lot of people who are on streaks and are on streaks, which I don't know if that's always the case. But I don't know. Have you felt that? No, yeah, completely. Because especially if you count... Well, team, Ferro as well. Team. Like, even Ferro before losing. Right. Ferro is oh, on a streak. Yeah. Team is on a streak from winning U.S. Open. Djokovic mm -hmm. with that asterisk is kind of on a year-long streak, too, that he hasn't really lost a match. Uh, mm -hmm. Nadal hasn't... Well, Nadal did lose. Nadal's not on a streak. He's on a French Open streak, obviously. You know, yeah, lots so, of players with, with big... And Halep was on a streak until hers got broken. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's a lot, and Svetlana as well. She's here on a streak from after winning Strasbourg. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it's kind of interesting actually in that way. But yeah, the day was kind of uneventful. The rain obviously didn't help. It's a shame that the Jabir Collins match had to be pushed. I know. I was looking forward to talking to about to you about Ons tonight. I know. I mean. In general, like I'm, I, I still think it's 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 super impressive that she's found consistency yeah. somehow throughout the whole year, before and after the break. I think I'm most impressed by the run in Paris, actually, because she's not in a good place in terms of 
she's not someone who's been dealing well with being locked in her room and she's mm. very bored and she doesn't feel her like she feels like she doesn't feel like herself and so I'm I'm very surprised and even her first match she didn't play that well Sabalenka was quite an up and down match so I feel like the through all of that the fact that she's able to get the wins is quite impressive I feel definitely definitely so let's look ahead a bit some of these matchups we're gonna have starting with the ones that are tomorrow. Uh, well, tomorrow, actually, we, we can do this bonus fourth round match. We still have Collins and Jabur on the board. Yeah. Do, do you think, I mean, Jabur has been talked about now as being like a legit contender to make the final, at least at this tournament. And maybe, you know, I guess at that point, win it. Like she is one of only four seeds left in the draw. But but the thing is, she's in Cannon's, Cannon would be her next right. match. And Cannon yeah. has her number. Mm. so like even Cannon said it's impressed today she's like I think I'm like 5-1 against her I've always beaten her except once like she said it so like <laughs> I've got her number so I think that would be the tricky one but you never know Collins can be tricky too Colin is being coached by Nicolas Almagro the, the most, most r- random pairing in history <laughs> <laughs> seriously random and like I kind of thought that she would sort of nod to the randomness of it more impressed. Well, I wonder if she ever knew who he was. Like, if, if she could pick him out of a lineup before. I being bet so. To... Really? He was a top 20 player Why? for a long time. I mean, if she watched any men's tennis, she would know him. But she was, like, in a world of her own, and she was playing college tennis, and she was, I don't know. I I don't necessarily think she would know who Nicolas Almagro is before he started coaching her. Yeah, I'd be curious. WTA has been doing the coaches press conferences with um, mm. with with the quarterfinalists. I guess is the way they usually do them here. Yeah. Like the quarterfinals or coach comes in. I'd be very curious to to, to talk to Almagro and have him up there. And be like, so you are. This is, I believe, your first week coaching in women's tennis. Uh, going well <laughs> for you so far. How, did Did you know who this person was and whatever? Because we've seen like you know something that comes up sometimes in the sport. But like there was some guy who was asking the first week of the tournament was asking men's players who had the best drop shots in the men's and women's tour, mm. which might not seem like a weird mm. question, but the men could not answer anything about who had the best drop shots in women's tennis because he wasn't asking Andy Murray. And so he basically was asking yeah, exactly. Nadal and then Vavrinka. Roger would have a response. Roger Probably. would have a response because every time I, I speak to him about Belinda, he knows everyone she played. He knows every single match. Like, I, I'm amazed. So I think Roger would know. Uh. But anyway... At least Belinda specific. If Belinda's drop shots get her on the list, then yeah, she would uh, be in the conversation for sure. Maybe he would see the matches and be like, oh, wow, she played Sevastova. Look at all the drop shots in that match, something like that. Maybe. Yeah. So that's our bonus fourth round match. And then we have, yeah, so before we even get to that, I'm delighted as someone who's not at the tournament this year that we're going to get to see all the matches. They don't have the overlaps because usually at the French Open, uh, they mm-hmm. play the quarterfinals simultaneously, you know, half on Chatre, half on Longlon. So now from I was worried that might happen again this year, but I'm happy that all five will be in one place. We can, I'll be able to watch more complete French Open quarterfinals than ever. That'll be nice. Yeah, I think that's cool. And also with the roof, they at least know they're going to get through all the matches. So. Yeah. So Svitolina Podoroska. That's the other, you know, sorry, that's the other thing. Like this tournament, and I'm only one match behind that, and there's only the second match has actually gotten postponed for the single straws all tournament. Uh, there was one other, uh, the Mute match, I think was the other one that got rained out midway through. Yeah. In the first week. Yeah. This tournament has so much needed the roof and the lights like they came at exactly the right time it's going to be so far behind without the roof and the lights so the roof and the lights came at the right moment for this tournament yeah i actually 
was surprised because I didn't know that there was going to be lights on all the other courts. I didn't I either. I only thought yeah. that was only going to be for center court. And then from the first day, I read because I had information on the lights and stuff and I needed to post it online. And I was like, oh, my God, there's like 13 courts that or something like that that have lights. It made the days longer, I have to say. Mm -hmm. One of the nice things we used to enjoy in Paris was to finish at a semi-decent time uh, and grab a bite and stuff, kebab yeah. o'clock and all of that. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're home, so it's fine. Uh, they are longer days, but yeah, it's it's a miracle that we're almost on schedule with the amount of rain this tournament has Exactly. Had. It really is a miracle. Exactly. Yeah. And it's all thanks to the lights and the roof, but especially the lights. Svitolina yeah. Podoroska is the first one. Svitolina comes in as huge favorite now. Suddenly a lot of pressure on her to make this final, her first final, being the only seed mm -hmm. left here. Uh, playing Podoroska, who's a qualifier. And there's another qualifier in the other section, Trevisan and, and then Sviantec. We'll get to that match in a second. Svitolina, mm. do you think that she... What, what? First of all, what can you tell us about Podoroska? Have you been writing, editing her or following her during this tournament? I don't really know much about her. Honestly. Well, yeah. So I picked her as one to watch in qualies because oh, I went... I know. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> uh, because I basically went and looked at all the ITFs that were taking place on clay leading up to the tournament, because that's where most qualities players have been playing. And I saw that she has won, as we speak right now, she's won 21 clay matches since early August. Mm. That's, that's a big number. And that's just since early August. And then even before the hiatus, she did well. So she's won more than 40 matches this year. Wow. Yeah. So obviously she's, she's kind of on a streak. She didn't speak much about her background. She just said that, yeah, she saw a tennis club when she was a kid. And, and because there's so many Argentinians that were like highly ranked when she was young, that's why she started playing. So yeah, she's basically a, a, a clay quarter who's on a roll. And she probably might give Svitolina a run for her money. Especially the, with the factor of like, whereas Vitalina, she knows that this is a massive opportunity to make the final. Yeah. Talk about your everything to lose, nothing to lose kind of matchup right there. Especially she can see who's playing in her, on her side. She knows exactly yeah. that her, her, the coast is clear, you know? So, but she's done well. I think the Garcia match was super impressive, especially that the weather was difficult and it was super windy. Mm -hmm. And she handled it like a pro. Uh, that was like a one and three match. So yeah. I still I still think Elena will win. I just think that Podoroska's just like on a roll and it's almost like she's playing an ITF. I feel like she has not realized that she's not playing an ITF. Uh, well, this is actually what, what I think she said. And I think the one time I went to one of her press conferences, asked her basically... I think it was, I hope it was her. It was one of the people who's low rank. I think it was her. Like, does this feel like an ITF? Because, you know, there's not, not many mm. fans allowed on the grounds here and every it's pretty empty. And she's like, absolutely. It totally feels not that different from what I'm used to. If it was like thousands of fans, I'd be way mm. more aware of the occasion and yeah. getting nervous. But but she's been able to take that well. So And actually, that's one of the things, Courtney, because we, we ran a piece today on the website about what are the theories behind like so many outsiders doing well this tournament. And Courtney was interviewed as part of this piece uh, by Danielle. And Courtney said the same thing. She's like, a lot of these lower ranked players are not intimidated by being in a slam because it doesn't feel like it's a slam. And yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's do the other women's quarter in this for tomorrow next. Shiantek versus Trevisan. It's the third match, the four, sorry, fourth match of the day on Chatrier mm -hmm. tomorrow out of five. 
Shviantek again comes in as a, a bigger favorite, but Trevisan is, is tough to count out with how many with her run of big wins, beating Goff, beating Sakari, beating Georgie, and most recently beating Kiki Burton. So that's a great track mm-hmm. record. And Shviantek yeah. obviously just beats Simona Halep. I don't know how to call this match. Whoever does it will make their first slam semifinal. We're guaranteed a first time semifinalist on the women's side. Mm-hmm. At least mm-hmm. one. We could have a lot. Yeah. What, what do you make of this one? I think one thing I noticed for Zbiontek that might come in her favor is that she played doubles today on one. And I hmm. think not having today completely off to kind of where she would maybe overthink the win of, from Simona and all of that. I feel like it was a very good distraction. That's a very good theory. I like that. Yeah, so when I saw that, because we ran a piece just on her doubles today, because uh, she's in the quarters and doubles and singles, like Kenan, who's also in the quarters and doubles and singles. And uh, and I was like, good for her, because if I'm like dwelling the whole day on like, oh my God, I just had a massive win and blah, blah, blah. So so I feel that that's a positive thing for her. I also love that you. it's so obvious, the work that she's done with her sports psychologist. So if anything, if anyone has, is really mentally prepared for something like this, I feel it's more eager. Whereas with Travisan, I feel that as much as this is the most legitimate run <laughs> to, to, the, to the quarters I've ever seen from someone, from a yeah. qualifier or from anyone like that, I just think that at some point, maybe, it, it, I mean, on paper, it really should get to her. The, the occasion should get to her. Right. I don't know if it will, but... Technically, it should. So this maybe her... slight edge to Ega, I say. This will be Trevisan's first match on Shatria, I believe. So maybe that also is maybe. Part, of, part of the new occasion. Who knows? I wonder if the roof is closed, if that will make a difference, How it's, if it's going to be different for her indoors. But she's awesome. I love her. And her smile is infectious. Yeah. And and I love her lefty game. I love everything about her. She's awesome. I actually interviewed Trevisan in Cairo in That's Feb. right. Yeah. <laughs> She was she's a sweetheart. She played a good match, I remember, in Cairo. And but I obviously didn't know much about her background then. But uh, I'm loving her run. She's one of my favorite stories, if not my favorite story, this tournament. Yeah, she's been a great one too. I believe someone from the New York Times is writing her today. I don't know if that's out yet, but it's I, I'm looking forward to reading it a lot because she's been a very cool story. We both did Italians. I did Yannick Sinner. We'll get to him next. Skip ahead out of my excitement for Sinner. I, as much as I obviously people know who've heard this show or seen me on Twitter or any sort of meal with me over the last several years, know like I've been brewing the biggest cauldron of Sinner Kool-Aid possible. Um, obviously, Nadal at the French Open is the ultimate sort of hurdle for anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not going crazy and saying that he has a great chance to win this match. I don't think that he does. Mm-hmm. Nadal has been so sharp. But yeah. I'm excited that Sinner's here. And I making a quarter at 19... And when we really hadn't had a slam run to speak of before this, is is yeah. a it's a big big step, and that went over. Zverev was super legit, so I'm just I'm just happy, happy sinners here, and we'll see. I think this can only really be a, a positive experience getting to play something like Nadal at the French Open. And I don't think that Sinner is gonna get creamed. I don't think that Sinner is go- is go- I feel like he has he has a game to kind of at least win games. You know, I, would I think don't so. see him get. Yeah, I don't see him getting bageled and all this nonsense that's been happening against Rafa this whole tournament. And well, I was just gonna say, yeah, Rafa's been amazing. Rafa's score lines have been obviously this is like yeah, like yeah, like no shit. I know Rafa's amazing at the French Open. Like it doesn't almost doesn't need saying. But here are Rafa's set scores at the French Open. So let me just go through them quickly. <laughs> Actually, uh, do, way to go. His I mean, let's just from now like from the start. 
give a big round of applause to Gerasimov because he has won the most games yeah. against him. <laughs> yeah, that Gerasimov match was actually like not competitive, but it was a good scoreline for Gerasimov. 4-4-2. Four, four, this is what counts as a victory against Nadal. 4-4-2. Four, four, then he goes and plays Mackie McDonald. Goes 1-0-3. Then Travaglia. And then that savage one- tweet that savage tweet from mcdonald's did you from uh, burger king did you see that was it mcdonald yeah it was burger king did you see oh, that i didn't see this no <gasps> ben you didn't see the tweet so basically burger king paris tweeted after the mcdonald match saying rafa's still hungry come over if you're still i, I know you're still hungry come over oh Something like mcdonald's that. joke that's good Be- yeah that's good <laughs> it was so good that's good work. All right, continue. Sorry. Sorry. Then then Nadal uh, Travaglia won four and zero, oh, and then Sebastian Corda won one two. So in the modern kids parlance, that is uh, six bakery products in the last three matches, or six one and six zero. Mm-hmm. That means basically. So then yeah, so that's a lot to come into uh, against Sinner. So again, Sinner, I would if he gets a set, amazing, but, uh, amazing. If he gets four games in a set, great. No, but also. No, can we also acknowledge that his route has been like a challenger? Like, honestly, oh, that's true. barring Travaglia, but like, the, these are all challenger players. So he was, he's one yeah. for like having a fourth round against Corda is is surprising. That could have been Isner. I think that's the seed, like that's the seed <laughs> spot of Isner, if I'm not mistaken. You know how I feel about Nadal and Isner at the French Open. Yeah, absolutely. I know. <laughs> and I said that on purpose. <laughs> But anyway, yeah. I no, I think Sinner's a different level. I think that he's so stoic. Yeah, he's been cool as ice. Like I I love that. So no, I think it will be good. It's just terrible that it's the fifth match of the day. I know. So it's gonna be such a long day. And then it's gonna be cold at night. I don't know if any of this stuff will factor in, but yeah. Maybe well, actually, it'll be I think, bad for I, Rafa. I think- I, yeah, I think cold. cold is not good for Rafa. Rafa hasn't had to play one of the late matches, really, I don't think, yeah. in this tournament. And so it did not work out well for him, uh, that cold match against Diego Schwartzman in Rome. That was a cold, yeah, low-bouncing exactly. night, and, and he lost. So um, obviously Sinner's a taller guy than Diego. And Sinner's a skier, so... Yeah, he'll like cold. He'll come out there in his little hat and little poles and be all ready to go. Um, yeah, exactly. He'll he, No, I mean, he'll be fine with the weather, probably. Yeah. He's probably seen more cold than Rafa, for sure. Oh, definitely. Alpine boy. No boat for him. So the other one is Diego Schwartzman, <laughs> we just mentioned, plays Dominic team. And this is, I think, the one that I think has the most potential to be like a classic mm. tomorrow on paper. Like, I really do think that mm. Schwartzman can win this match, especially with teams seeming to be fading a little bit uh, against Hugo Gaston in the last round. Like, I just, I think Schwartzman has a very real shot, yeah. especially if it is playing cold and low, which is, he's, it's a midday match, so maybe less so, but I, I really like Schwartzman's chances here. He hasn't dropped a set, first of all. Mm-mm. And uh, he's been playing really, really well, I think. Like even the Sonego match, it started and stopped and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, he was great. I don't know. I I definitely feel that Diego has a bit of an advantage. So that Rafa has gotten six bakery products in this tournament. Diego's gotten five. Mm-hmm. Like Diego's also putting out great yeah. scores. Sorry, you were saying about, about, about team? Yeah, I think with team, he has this thing going on where he's like getting all these je- get out of jail free cards. Like he's he's able to come out of any situation. I don't know if... If that's because he was down two sets in the U.S. Open final and came back and suddenly he feels invincible or something. So honestly, I 
I still feel that Team has this thing where he can always rest for a set and then come back because I, I could see him do that in his last match. I could tell that, okay, he's resting. He looks wiped now. But in the fifth, I had complete faith in him. So I don't know. if, But I think if Diego starts well, I think Team is going to have a very hard time coming back against Diego compared to Gaston. It's not the same thing. I so. agree. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think they will do it. The other matches to highlight here in the let's do the men's quickly and then to the women's there are the matches for Wednesday. Se- yeah, the second day of quarterfinals. Uh, Sitsipas versus Rublev is a rematch of the Hamburg final, which a match which took place during the French Open. So they're playing each other for the second <laughs> time during the French Open. One time it was in Germany, another tournament. That was on the Sunday, the first day of the uh, French Open. This match, that was a match that was very, very close. Uh, I think it was a third set tiebreak, I believe, or 7-5 in the third for Rublev. Mm, I think 7-5, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I think this is, is probably coin tossy again. I think this, this, could be, this could be good. I think this could be really good. Yeah. I hate that this is a quarterfinal. I wish it was in the semis because I really want to see both in the semis. But yeah, it's, un, uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, I think that they're both peaking to be honest i think it was super impressive what he did against fuchovic because fuchovic plays playing really really well that's rublev and i think rublev is like 2-1 head to head against Tsitsipas, and he also beat in like something else first uh, round us open last year no i mean that i'm counting that and their head to head but there was another i think it was next gen or something something you don't count oh, okay. but anyway and whatever. i think they knew each other from but juniors maybe too i'm i'm intrigued actually staying for the second time in 10 days I don't know. What did, what did you make of... Actually, I want your thoughts. What do you make of Tsitsipas's run so far? Has has he been convincing? Because I can't tell. I think so. I mean, because there was all this talk, and we had some of it on the show, and Courtney quite <laughs> changed her mind during the Hamburg final, I believe, about whether or not it was justified. There's all this talk, at least in the U.S. tennis media on Tennis Channel, about whether or not Tsitsipas was, like, damaged from his U.S. Open collapse, right? Where he's up 5-1 mm. in the fourth yeah. against Chorich and lost that match, and then fifth set as well yeah yeah he had six match points yeah but then he comes back mm. from two sets down against Hame Munar in the first yeah set, in the first round excuse me and yeah. has rolled since then I mean he's hasn't dropped a set since then he's won 12 straight sets uh since mm. going down two sets to none so I'm I'm feeling positive about him I think I kind of feel like all these younger guys and I lump basically just sits team and Verev in there even though they're different ages that group mm. I feel like they've kind of learned resilience over this last while i feel like they're learning like five set management they're like mm. not cutting themselves out early they're not panicking when they go down early in matches or when they when okay. they get through hardship i think they're kind of they're managing matches better which is part of to go back to center briefly part of what made the match against zverev so impressive is that zverev never really despite his protestations afterwards about how sick he was he was like competing mm. well throughout that whole thing and never really seemed to lose belief that he could win it so yeah I agree. No, Steph, Steph was good against Grigor today. And Rublev has kind of had a tougher time on the court. He was also down to set uh, two sets to love in the first uh, in his first match. So they both actually there's crazy symmetry between both because they were like they finished the Hamburg final two days later. They're down two sets to love. They come back and now they're in the quarters. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about I think this is the match I'm most excited about. 
for Djokovic Carreño, which is the last quarterfinal we have to talk about, I'm curious just from an editorial perspective as you run in the website, how you guys are referring to what happened with Djokovic at the US Open, like in terms of his, in the context of his otherwise undefeated season. How do you guys put it? Do you have a way, do you like style guide for this? Well, yeah, actually we were discussing it today in general. Uh, he has a loss. We discuss it as a loss. Okay. And, we just, and we even spoke about today in, in, his, in the report for his match, we spoke about the fact that he um, one of his balls accidentally hit. Yeah. A, he framed a return and hit a... Yeah. Ex- exactly. And actually Novak even spoke about it. And uh, and of course it's, it's relevant. And the fact that he's playing with Carreño again, there's been a lot of rematches. I don't know if you've noticed, but within a very short period of time, we've had so many rematches on the on the women's side, on the men's side. It's odd. I don't know why it's happening, but honestly, it's more than I expected. I'm curious because Pablo was doing really well against Novak at the US Open in that first set. He was playing him the right way. Mm-hmm. He was like the, the best kind of Pablo we had seen. Uh, I'm wondering how that translates to clay because Pablo, initially people called him a clay quarter because he was winning all these ITFs on clay. And he's Spanish, yeah. And he's Spanish, but also it's just how he got his points to get into the top 100 and stuff right. was purely based on winning like seven I think he won like seven ITFs in a row or something. He had an incredible like, like he streak. Some, yeah, I remember that. Remember? So, so at the time, that was his reputation. But even today, Fabrice Santoro asked him on court after his win, like, are you a better hardcourt player? What's your favorite surface, clay or hard? And he actually didn't pick. Like, he was like, I can't pick. So I don't know how Novak's playing too well. Like, I don't think. And I think with Novak, he'll be like, okay, U.S. Open, irrespective of the default even, he was pissed because he blew a break against him and suddenly he was down a break or whatever. And so I think that Novak is going to take him seriously. It's kind of like, you know, when Serena, someone beats her and then she steps on court wanting to devour the person in front of her. I feel like Novak's going to do the same thing. Exactly. Yeah, and I I feel the same way. I'll be curious to see that match. I feel like Novak will feel some sense of unfinished business because it was literally an unfinished match. Um, yeah. but you're right that 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 first set as much as people were like Pablo could have won he I, I don't think Pablo was going to win in New York if had things not mm. gone the way they did but he was playing well and Novak had the one thing that I think the, the sort of less talked about factor in that match is that Novak had just fallen and like hurt and his, hurt his uh, left shoulder mm. yeah so uh, maybe that was something that would have come back to complicate that match further but yeah. and Novak actually when he was in Rome did address like having to treat that shoulder in later days that was like an injury yeah that kind of lingered beyond that match. So uh, that's that match. The one other women's match I haven't talked about because obviously only one of Sophia Ken does not know her opponent yet. Mm-hmm. But Kvitova Sigmund is the other one we have yeah. left. Which uh, is Pet- tough. Petra's been, uh, Petra's like moment when she was getting emotional about making it back to the uh, the, yeah. the quarters, that was sweet. That was very sweet. First time since 2012 obviously means a lot to her in general because that's where she came back three years ago yeah so yeah I, but I, it took me by surprise though yeah because like when she was choking up i was like it was first of all it was in the it was the first match of the day so it was morning and you're kind of just like okay this match is going quickly da, da, da. and then all of a sudden she's crying and you're like oh. <laughs> <laughs> it took me by surprise there was a lot of crying today sophia kennan cried so hard after her match She's a crier. Yeah, but like she just won and it wasn't even like in a final. So I didn't understand. But then I but then you understand when you realize how much she was upset by the crowd. Like 
So Which I was surprised by because remember her breakout here last year, the crowd really got against her when she was playing Serena and she was like really being kinda I don't know how to describe it, just like kind of unperturbedly circling marks and marching around like she owned the place and people were kind of like mm. not feeling the vibe, the crowd, let's say, from, from her. I don't know. Serena. Maybe when you're playing Serena, you're focused too much on Serena and not really focused much on anything else. But I don't know. But like with with Ferro, she she really, really, really was upset. Like it, that's probably why she won. Like they got under her skin. But the explosion of tears immediately as soon as the match was over that took me by surprise because it was instant. Look, it's 2020. We all have reasons to burst into tears at any moment. Oh, um, I do it like seven times a day. It's completely fine. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I'm a crier, man. I'm fine. It was just took me by surprise because I was like, you did really well to come back. You won two sets fairly easily. Like she, she, she took them, what, six, two, six, one mm-hmm. after that. And then all of a sudden, I I genuinely thought something happened because she was like sobbing. And then I was like, ah, it's because of the crowd. Okay. Anyway. Well, I saw tears of joy that you're back on NCR, Reem. Uh, anything <laughs> you anything you have planned website wise for the rest of the tournament, people should look forward to. Uh, you know, you guys have the app. Yeah, it's been really nice, and I think the app has done a great job of really centering the content. Like, I feel like the content is very front and center on this app in a very cool way. Uh, I like it. Honestly, I I understand the we, in general. I, I understand there are issues that are out of my control. So I kind of entered the situation being like, I know right. there's things that I can't do because there's other departments like video and this and that that I have no control over. So like the stuff that I do have control over, I am very proud of it. I think I have like a dream team, honestly. Like I ha- I have like Chris Otto and and Simon Cambers and like just really great people who I'm very happy to be working with. Uh, what I like is, yeah, we have, we're doing a lot of feature stuff. So we're not doing a lot of reports, honestly, and we're covering everything, wheelchairs, juniors, doubles. So yeah, not, I'm nothing in particular, I would say. I know tomorrow Chris Otto is publishing something about sports psychologists, which I think is cool. Hmm. We have some nice interviews with wheelchair players. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff, but I just would suggest people Tune in every yeah. day. Cool. I yeah, I, I did a wheelchair story at the USF, and I really I've done a, more of them the last couple of years. I've enjoyed mm-hmm. like having a, a toe in that in that world. Yeah, me during the Australian Open as well. I covered a lot of uh, wheelchair matches. I covered a lot of junior matches. Yeah. Actually, it's funny because for the juniors, they didn't play since Australia. Right. I'm actually curious to do. I want to do a junior story of some kind. I was thinking maybe doing a junior episode on here. I was trying to figure out how that would work. But something about how these juniors have had their year off. It's been exactly. like, they're going to be the last to come back. And actually, she was. we did a piece with Victoria Jimenez-Kasenceva, who, the who Andorran the girl who won the Aussie. So we spoke to her yesterday. And that was the theme, basically, because she was she comes in as number one, as the top seed. But she doesn't feel like a top seed because she's like, I haven't played. Yeah. I'm only number one because I won something eight months ago. <laughs> so she was legit, like, concerned about how players are going to play her as the top seed when she has no matches under her belt you know so uh, it's quite an interesting thing for the juniors i have to say but yeah there's a lot of good french juniors they're Mm. winning good yeah france needs players yeah there's so many of them to be honest so yeah i'm looking forward to that yeah you should do a junior episode yeah thinking about it trying to figure it out if you have any junior we can talk offline about juniors to recommend or who might be good 
and maybe you can put it after the episode. I do it as a daily show or put it after the tournament or something like that. Reem, thank you very much for being here. Stay strong Thanks. these last several days. The finish line is in sight. And we will have you on sometime soon, I hope, as well. Thanks for being here. Thank you. And thank you also, while I'm here, to our Patreon Slam Champ backers, who we thank every episode. Liz Kennel, Jonathan Weinbaum, Mary Carrillo, Chuang Nguyen, Betty, Audrey Wellens, Sean Mulroy, Susanna W., Jean Simeon, Leah Williams, and Antonio Maycumber, as well as our GOAT backers, Mike, J-O-D, Charles Cena, Christopher Bishop, and Nicole Copeland. And we have two new backers to thank on this episode, which is very exciting. They are Jenny Cho and Josh Wild. So thank you to Jenny and Josh there. And thank you to Reem. You can support our Patreon at patreon.com slash no challenges remaining. Reem also on Patreon, patreon.com slash Reem Abulail. If you've enjoyed her stints on NCR, show her some love over there if you can. That's about it. Bye, guys. Thank you. Trying.